I don't know why you and me continue to go at this You always wanna know where I'm going like you're an atlas My destination is revelations and you can't map the end of the story So pay attention to your chapters, no need to prolong the prologue I am the protagonist of your dreams with my throat clogged Make it hard to speak but I ain't spitting no frogs Just trying to walk across the street and not get hit by a car You are in the driver's seat of the murder weapon Hit me at intersections when my passive aggression Met your need for perfection but I was here for protection You could find me on your waistline Hello, hello, hello everybody Welcome to uh, the Particle Sons Podcast This is episode uh, 54 I think, let me see um, this is one of the episodes and we are, um, back in live. When I say we, I'm speaking of I and I, right? Me, I and I, the Rastaman say, no, uh, this is a solo dolo show. Um, my brother Brandon will not, Ooh, it's episode 46, 56. All right. Episode 56 of season two. Y'all, the last time we published a podcast was in December. So I apologize about that. It is like March about to be April and that's three months without posting a podcast. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Things happen. People get busy. Um, relationships take strains and breaks and, uh, um, you know, the art suffers sometimes. I think that's a big, uh, thing or a big takeaway we need to, um, take away from things that sometimes the art suffers, but I will say that, you know, that's three months of a subscription that has come out of my bank account that I do not plan to, um, let languish. Right. So I will be giving you episodes. I don't care if I have to, um, like, I don't care if I have to like do these quick, 10 minute episodes, 15 minute episodes, but, um, on a weekly basis, uh, my voice will definitely be on this podcast. Now, um, I'm also setting up other things, right? So I will have guests, um, folk, right? Guest facilitators, guest host, um, that will join me on this podcast because I do want to keep it going. Uh, again, I always think, these podcasts are a uh, time capsule, right? A time capsule to be um, archived and uh, reflected on. You know, I always, you know, I always reminisce. I wonder what my family was were thinking. What were they? How did they talk? How did they? Speak if and when I say family, I mean family that has passed, right? Like if you could listen to a podcast of your grandparents, right? How much would you pay? It, it, it don't even. I, I would pay tons, you know, just to hear voices. Um, I've been talking to my mom. We just had a, a aunt pass. Um, my aunt Dini, uh, Muriel. Muriel. Muriel Denise, uh, but she went by her middle name, Denise, and that turned to Dini, right? And rest in peace to Aunt Dini. Um, my prayers are out there for you, Tasha um, and Booby. Love y'all, man. Hope y'all um, are getting through this because it's, it's deep, man. You know, our parents are dying. We're, we're definitely getting to that generation where our um, friends, 
you know, you start seeing the grief of their parents dying and you just, you know, I don't know, you either look at your parents a little bit deeper, or try to make that connection or you just, you know, you can't relate. It is what it is. But um, rest in peace to Dini. Um, she has COPD. Um, my aunt also had COPD, my auntie Angie. Um, she died when I was young. I think that was my first experience of death. Um, I think that, you know, death can be traumatic, y'all. I, I I don't know why in the hell we do death how we do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am, I am completely convinced that death done in other cultures is built so that you don't develop the same trauma. You understand what I'm saying? Because, like, there's an exalt. There's a there's a, a reverence that comes with death um, that I think that we don't we don't do well in Western societies or, you know, European societies, because like. You know what, like the uh, what's the Coco? Y'all seen Coco? If you ain't seen Coco, it's a Disney film um, based in Latin America. I want to say Mexico. Um, and it talks about, you know, the day of the dead. Um, I don't have my notes, y'all, and normally I would have set this up, but I did this on the fly. I want y'all to know that, like, literally I sat down and I was like, okay, it's been way too long since we had a podcast. You know, go ahead and get your stuff off Lance. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to make a note because I need to come back to that. I need to tell y'all why. Anyway, so on Coco, uh, they got the ofrenda, you know what I mean? They got the 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 place where you put the people that have passed the pictures of the people that have passed and you, you know, get blessings from them. You ask for guidance. You, you still have a connection with the dead, right? Even though they have passed, it is their, that was just their physical being. Right. And in other cultures, especially indigenous cultures, they acknowledge the presence of the spirit, right? They, they understand the fifth dimension in which, you know, our energy goes after this physical third dimension experience is over. You understand what I'm saying? And I wish we had that. I want to practice it. Uh, um, I think that, you know, if my grandchildren are listening to this, you know, I would definitely say, you know, I ain't saying put my picture up everywhere or nothing like that, you feel me? But have a picture of your boy in, in, the, in the crib. I promise you, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it mug on lock. My spirit is, is strong. And I tell you what. I bash off every duppy that come near, you know, I'll beat off every dope. Oh, whoa. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I will get the demons out and make sure. Lord Jesus. All right. So the boy moves on. Um, I want to say, y'all, I might do these regular podcasts where it's just me, where I'm just dolo. Because honestly, I be having so many thoughts, y'all. Literally, like. There be times where I want to rant on Instagram, but you ever watch Instagram and like the person's talking and it's like, it's just so long. Like, nah, bro, I don't even want to, I don't even want to do that. Um, like, I'm not trying to listen to you, you know, while I'm sitting here trying to scroll and look at other people. So podcast is kind of built for the rant. YouTube is probably built for the rant as well. Um, and that that's the idea that I might have. Now that I'll do these um, solo a little bit more. But again, y'all's weekly. So, you know, I'm going to get my thoughts off because a lot of stuff has been happening. Um, I want to make sure that I update y'all on news things that are happening around the world. There's a lot of laws that are being passed. 
there's a lot of um or excuse me bills that are up for legislation and it, it's really a scary a futuristic dystopian that we are moving into. I have experiences that I need to tell somebody. Y'all, the other day, I want to say two weeks ago, um, I'm like driving home and there's a car that pulls in front of me. It's like a Toyota and the license plate um, is from Pennsylvania, I think, or Virginia. It was like blue and yellow. And then it said GVT. M-U-L-E. That was the license plate. G-V-T M-U-L-E. I'm not going to say it out loud because it just, you know, rattles me to think about it. But um, so I do that. I see that. And I'm like, okay, that's just interesting. Um, They're kind of in front of me and really kind of checking my speed. Like they're not going faster. Um, They're kind of keeping me at a certain pace. So I get over. And kind of, or actually, I followed them because we were about to make a, a highway exchange. So I'm like, okay, that's in front of me. What's behind me? So I start to look behind me, and I notice this like red Ford Taurus, and it's a, um, it's like hanging back. It's not necessarily in my lane. It is in my lane um, when it needs to be, but otherwise, it's just kind of hanging back. And then we come up to the highway exchange where people are turning off to different places. Both of them turn off to my exit. Um, so I still got the gray Toyota in front of me and the red Taurus is like kind of lagging back a little bit. Right. So I, I've been driving like this for about 15 minutes. Right. And my whole experience and I'll tell you all about that um, in future podcasts with my dad, because we haven't even got deep into things. I think that um, Brandon's dynamic was very official podcasty, and I definitely wanted this to be dear diary format um so that was one of the i or i think that's a creative conflict that we'd be working on um in working and you know when you work with your siblings when you work with your family it's a it's a whole thing you know there's there's all types of things that y'all have to work through just to get a creative product out so what was i saying Man, I'm driving and I'm like, okay, bet. Now, my, my father, oh, I, I brought, that's why I brought that up. My father, um, his profession growing up was, uh, I, it came with a high level of uh, uh, suspicious um, paranoia. That's the word. And I'm trying not to say it because <laughs> it's the word. But it, it came with a certain level of paranoia, right? Like he worked for government. He worked for the government in all facets from the military to the police officer to the homicide detective to the whatever he does now. Um, and uh, not whatever he does, he's, he does stuff. But anyway, um, in that it makes me aware of stuff, right? Always check your six, right? I'm, I'm just aware of my surroundings. I'm aware of just everything. It, it, it doesn't make for a peaceful outing. I'll tell you that. Um, But I notice it and I start to like move differently. Right. So I slow down to kind of catch up with the red Taurus. Like I want them to catch up with me and I want that front car to kind of get some distance because there's three exits that I could take um, to get to my destination. I end up taking the first one, the one that like 
if this is my normal route it's the route that i drive every day like i ain't got nothing to hide man i'm picking up my kids like what do y'all want from me so like i'm I'm, it's my same route and i'm assuming they knew that route but i back up or not back up i slow down and i get over to take the first exit but i do this somewhat suddenly to the point where the red tour is like it slows down to where if the if the if the speed is 55 you know that's the speed limit they're going 50 trying to like you know 45 trying to see what i'm doing but i end up getting off the off ramp but i slow down enough to let it pass because it got to pass me and when it passes y'all i try to catch the license plate and there is this bubble thing that is over the license plate and it's blurred like the license plate is blurred like you can't see it like censored like you know sensor bars that's what the license plate looked like it, it shook me it shook me because what's the point well, well who who do they they make those like what and you know maybe y'all are going because the again the car was about to get off on my exit but they like i don't know it looks like they was trying to make a decision whether to get off on the exit with me or keep on the highway they ended up keeping on the highway um so yeah that was a that was an experience that i had whatever but these are the type of things that i want to share um on the podcast and i can't really share my like i ain't got the twitter fingers like i don't have the thumbs to be going on rants right also like and i don't have the time to be creating these elaborate tiktoks so that they're interesting enough to watch i don't i don't have that that uh, bandwidth um and y'all i'm crazy busy man i, I don't even know if it, it it's not like a good or bad thing it's just like a continuation of life that i constantly have to do stuff so i just don't have time to get things out on the right in the right way but the podcast you know this is a way that i can come rant to y'all and kind of control what i'm what 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 i want to get off um and i'm also going to do stuff like have segments, all right? I want, I want to have segments on this podcast where I, like, call random people or, um, you know, just little segments, man. Like, oh, let's do this segment. It's called, this segment is called, um, Hey, Mikey, I think he likes it. All right, uh, this new segment Hey, Mikey, I think he likes it. It's based on my cousin, Michael. Um, my cousin, Michael, is my aunt's, my paternal aunt's grandson, um, my little cousin. And he goes by Michael now, right? Like when we were growing up, it was Mikey. And we kind of fell out. Of, we didn't fall out of touch, but, you know, we were like, I was in my 20s. He was in his teens and then he got in his 20s and I was like in my late 20s. But we we like really linked up and start talking more and more. Um, I don't know, a few years back, a, a decent amount of years back. But it was always um, great. Like it was always a um, great conversation. This man right here is like on another level right of thinking and I I really give it to my paternal side like a lot of the cousins that are around my age or in my generation are thinkers you know what I'm saying they are thinkers they are um like doers they are they well-rounded 
individuals, like in breaking family curses too, like big on the breaking family curses. And that's what I wanted this podcast to be. I wanted this podcast to be a family oriented um, time capsule, right? Like a way of propelling a family narrative, um, you know, with the occasional anecdotes. All right. So we're going to go. The segment is called Hey Mikey. I think he likes it. And I'm going to go through a short list of things and see if Mikey likes them or not. Y'all down with me? Let's see what he's doing. He may not answer. He may not answer. And I'm FaceTiming him. So I'm going to try to um, make sure this audio is is a part of this. What's going on, cuzzo? Yo, what's up, what's up? What you up to? Uh, no, nah, I'm just on the way to the gig. Okay, I figured as much. Okay, um, nothing. I'm uh recording a podcast solo. Uh, okay, what's up? Trying to just trying to give some content. You know what I mean? Like, I never, okay. uh, I've been slacking on the podcast. So this is a segment. Like, I'm I'm planning on doing these a little bit more solo. And, you know, sometimes I'll just be okay. ranting. Sometimes I'll have a guest host. Um, you know you're going to come on the on the podcast all the time. But I got you. I, I told you. This is the segment. Um, hey, Mikey, I think he likes it. Okay? okay. All right. So this is the segment. I'm going to give you three things, and I want you to tell me whether you like them or not. All right. Cool. cool. Okay. All right. So first one, um, have you seen this? Uh, SB 636 bill. I think that's the bill where it's the banned TikTok bill, but it does so much more. Like it's, it's, it's like reaching. Yeah. It like, uh, yeah, it bans TikTok, but it also, um, it increases like the surveillance state, um, like the data mining that's all behind it as well. Like that's, yeah. Like, and then too, like the other thing is, is, um, they took away Loki and that bill too. They're trying to take away people's rights to, um, um, to sue. I think it was like something, there was something in there, like some, some rights to sue. So basically like you can completely not sue the government at all or people who are officials. Right. They're trying to sneak a whole lot through that bill. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You like it or don't you? Yeah, that was, yeah, I was going to say, but that was, that's a good topic because, there's a lot of BS uh, attached to that bill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And uh, again, do you like it or don't you? I don't like it. I don't like the bill because um, obviously, specifically because, you know, I don't like the fact that you got the, um, the, the beautiful colors, like the peacock feathers, right? Like the, hey guys, like we put together this bill because we know TikTok has been, you know, um, a little bit invasive and we we know that uh, a lot of parents don't like tiktok because of the algorithm showing their kids things that they would rather their kids not see in it and and whatnot you know and then on the back side of it it's just typical you know government bs it's just typical hey um let's take advantage of this crisis um as quickly swiftly and as like covert as possible I mean, that's like the government's job right now. Like, it's to everything. I, I, I thoroughly believe that the government has like a full team. Like, every crisis, you feel me? Every time something goes down, they're like, all right, 
is is this can we leverage this in some way i mean to to at least take some rights away or like maybe implement some more like restrictions or like sanctions even like on people who are americans you know what i mean like yeah it's it's all that's that's why i don't like it you know i mean it's 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 another one of those um those smoke shows you know what i mean man i completely agree i completely agree i mean and then what it's a slippery slope that that's a slippery slope like like with all the boomer um policy makers you know in the next decade or two going to be completely transitioned out to where millennials will only um be there i i find some optimism in that whatever is being passed now you know in some short years you're going to see some major like returns and over like i i think the younger generation or i'm trying i'm optimistic that the younger generation will come in and um you know change policies so we'll see second thing second thing hey mikey do you like it um and i did you gotta listen to this uh podcast when before i introduce it i told everybody um you know, I said he's Michael now. It's official. He, you know, he's big boy. He's Michael, right. but you know, he's still my little cousin. I don't know why, but the Mikey just feels so much better. <laughs> but if you see him, nah, whatever. If y'all see this brother on the street, you better address him as Michael. Don't don't you play with that man. You 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 are not family. But no, um, uh, uh oh, the second one, the second one. Um. Okay. Dang, what was it? What was it? I just had it. Oh, oh, that's what it was. Um, San Francisco. Oh, nice. We'll see. Now, I but see, I had you on FaceTime, but your audio was better because I'm just holding it up to the mic. Yeah, yeah. So I'm about to just audio you. Hold on. Hold on, y'all. I like his segment though. Y'all see how smart this man is? Okay, we back. Um second thing, uh San Francisco uh just announced that they will be attempting to pay reparations back to a large number of black people in their area and region. Um hey Mikey, do you like it? Hmm. Okay, so I'm indifferent about this one, specifically because reparation. Okay, so let, let me go for some context. If, as a people, we were freed by the government and made promises to, right? Yep. At least our ancestors were made promises to. I feel that just based off of the strength of that, there at least should be some sort of um, compensation. It doesn't have to be monetary. It doesn't have to be, um, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be anything specific, just some sort of compensation. And then two, the other side of that coin to me is when it comes to um, our black power centers, you know what I mean? Like, um, like cities that we build, commerce, um, you know, small towns, businesses and stuff like that, that were, you know, attacked. I mean, I can probably pull up like countless, you know, examples. Mm-hmm. Like Oklahoma is probably the like most prominent one, but mm-hmm. Wilmington, but Rosewood, of, yeah, yeah. Just based off of historic facts like that, I think that's probably another 
like real solid reason why the government should, uh, you know, should feel the the need to step in and and provide some sort of compensation. I mean, yeah. I don't know exactly what the compensation should be. I always thought like the best the best way to probably do something like that is not literally like very literally to give somebody money, but make it so that all the impoverished areas get, you know, like, uh, like matched, let's say like as a first step, we match all the, um, inner city schools as far as funding with the private schools that are right outside of the, you know, the city. Mm. What about that? Like, what if the government comes in and says, okay, you know, the, the best school right now in Detroit test score wise is, cast technical high school right so mm-hmm. let's look at their funding let's look at the programs that they have and we're going to implement that in every single inner city school immediately mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, like things like that i feel like are are more powerful ultimately than just handing you know uh, uh let's say you know even if it was a big lump sum of cash you know i mean like instead of just handing it you know what's funny dave Chappelle, the dave Chappelle skit was obviously it was a joke but i think there was some merit to it too if you remember the old dave Chappelle skit yeah, when um everybody got their reparations and yeah, like know, I bought this baby, I bought this baby straight cash. <laughs> he said I bought this baby straight cash, but but um but yeah, that I mean it has some merit, you know. What I mean, like not everybody because this is the thing in the black community is is most of our issues resolve around proximity and mindset, right? Like so, if you give a lot of um, ignorant people. Um, money and then they don't know how to properly invest spend and they don't understand that America is a business and every financial move that you make uh, could either further or lessen your detriment so I think that with 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 like something like the schools and then maybe let's say if you said okay cool like um, now that we got the schools established like let's go into infrastructure you know what are what are some of these pr- prominent areas having like uh, obviously they got the hospital they got the the tire shop they got the school they got the well hold on before um, you go before you go into all of that I'm gonna push back right. all right okay I'm gonna okay, push, back. push back I'm gonna push back with some um. Ibram Kennedy X, he's the author okay. of How to Be an Anti-Racist and also um, Stamped from the Beginning, where he follows and chronologically um, finds the point where racist thoughts kind of um, sprung out, right? Okay, so first of all, um, don't you ever call black people ignorant again in your life, nigga. I will beat you up. No, no, look, 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 look. Ignorant is a very specific no, it is descriptive a, word. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's not personal. No, it's not, I but, mean, but in I mean our, person who doesn't, who I, listen, I know what you meant. I know what you meant, but in American yeah. thought processes, when you say ignorant, it automatically goes to black people, right? Like ignorant right. is, is always, has always been used from scientific right. racism to, you know, interpersonal racism, they try to, you know, use that. So I don't, I don't subscribe so to that. More, yeah. But I mean, better, better descriptive will be financially right. illiterate. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so financially that's, cause that's more specific actually. I actually like that you said that. Yeah. That's, but, that's, but bro, yeah. I'll also say that, um, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that. Like I, there's, what when how do you get how do you gain financial literacy do you get it from classes or do you get it from generations of having wealth you um 
I mean, I, I think that, I think that um, generally, right, because I think that's probably what you're asking me. I think generally you just get it from, um, from learning. I mean, like, even if you are in a household with a parent who is, like, a little bit more financially, like, literate, like, you're still learning from that person. Whereas, like, maybe if you're not, like, a person like me, like, I, I just learn from, like, watching people around me, like, meeting people, like, people I met in high school, you know, going to college, moving here, like, you yeah. know, even having this job, interacting with people, like, it's, I think it's just, in general, you just, you just see, like, and you pick yeah. up, like, oh, okay, like, I always thought that it was okay to, you know, to spend, you know, two hundred dollars a week. On yeah. Even there. No, I feel and you, bro. You know what I mean? No, I feel yeah. that. I'm saying, like, my whole thing or my process or my thought process is that when you have money, like, I've always used the analogy: if you give the poorest black person ten million dollars, and we can say ignorant, you know, the 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 most financially illiterate black person ten million dollars, they are going to spend nine million dollars on absolutely their their dreams everything that they've ever wanted everything that they wanted to um be and then that one million when they get down to that million they're gonna be like oh snap i haven't i haven't i haven't saved nothing i haven't invested and then they're going to be inspired to get literate financially right they're going to start figuring out how should i save this money how do i build on this money how do i leave this money to the next generation and that's just that one person now think of the whole of black people the majority of us and i'm talking just black americans right now um the majority of us we are not foolish with our money if anything we are the most financially literate because we never had a lot of money to work with so we know how to stretch we know how to make our money last if we had capital like substantial capital you're going to figure out how to grow that. You're going to figure out how to save that and make it available for past generations. And I definitely, definitely think that's. I think, I think there's going to be a, a a good demographic in that number that that you know have that mindset. But it's just because you, you think too. Because we both got two sides of our families, right? Yeah. Because you got we we got ours. We got our connection to the family, and then you have you know uh, your mother's connection to yep. the family. Yep. Right. So like my other side of the family, they all still live in Detroit. Most of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing. I have a lot of cousins, like even step cousins, too, like because, you know, I have a mixed family. So Mm -hmm. I have a lot of step cousins Mm -hmm. who I like who are in like the all the worst parts of Detroit, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So like. When, when, when I like when they call me when I talk to them on the phone when I speak to them when I try and like say little like tidbits to them drop little bits of knowledge and stuff like that to them uh, like you can just tell it like the intelligence is obviously there like I can tell right. something right. completely articulate what I'm saying right. but the thing is is as soon as I hang up the phone now they turn around and like it's, it's like you're back in the environment that you're yep. in so like how can you again can money you possibly uh, right like if we exactly. had capital cap, cap money is time right like money gives you time so i'm cool with not direct cash um reparations right but i'm definitely for if you've checked black in the census or on your test for the past for your entire life then guess what bro guess what you get you don't have to pay rent like pick a house. Like you don't have to pay gas. Is we got a black card. You don't need. You don't got to pay for groceries. You ain't got to pay for, like the things, the time, 
Like you, like you have a you have a monthly stipend, so like you can get a job, and the job that you get, chances are, is something that's fulfilling you internally, like it's your passion, because you ain't just working for the check, right? You 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 you're given time. Now that you have time, you can spend it with your kids. All these generational traumas of mommy had to work and daddy wasn't there, like all those things are are are, are quelled. The the relationships between black people. Like you see that become lessened, right? What? Well, why I gotta be angry at you for, or why do I even need to take what you got when I know I got the check coming? You know, I know my rent's paid. Like I, I know I have a roof over my head and food, you know, to eat. These are the things that I believe black people are entitled to, and I'm here for um, all reparations talk. And I got I told you, I already told you about my rep restitution collection agency. I'm definitely going to get that off the ground. Um, but last thing, I'm going to let you get to work. Okay. Um, the new Ant-Man came out. And um, the the guy Krang, uh, Jonathan Majors, he, he starred in, he stars in all, he's about to be the next Krang. Um, the brother has been skyrocketing. He has been doing his thing from Creed three to Lovecraft Country um, to all the other stuff he's doing. He, he's amazing. But he has recently been accused of assault. Right. Um, later came back that uh, or another report has come out since saying the woman recanted. It was his girlfriend. She recanted. And, um, you know. It's, he was the one. They, they, it turns out that he was the one to call nine one one in the first place, um, and it just so happened, you know, he's a black man. He got he got hit up. So um, this is an interesting one. Now the the male, I don't know. Is there the 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 I don't know the because I'm trying to pose it like, do you like it or not? Um, Yeah, I go mean, ahead. Because uh, so, I, first of all, I've never seen the the new Ant Man, so I don't know, you know, how good he was in that one. <laughs> I seen some of Creed, so I know how good he was in that one. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, like you said, I don't know much about him, but this is this is my thing, man. People forget that just because, like that, you know, this man supposed to be an entertainer. Um, like I'm obviously not an excuse, but I'm saying objectively. Like, people forget that we're human beings, too. Like, right? So, like, situations happen. Things happen. Like, people, you know, people get put into scenarios where, you know, emotions are high. And, you know, not everybody's perfect. Not everybody's a, the best decision maker. So, like, mm -hmm. we always hold people accountable who are, you know, who have a lot of eyes on them. But the thing is, is they're really no different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially, I mean, because it doesn't sound like, I mean, it, the violence is like, something horrible. Well, I mean, that didn't sound like it, right? Right. And then you, like, it's just like the thing with, you know, um, I remember Adrian Peterson, like, is a, was a running back for the mm -hmm. Vikings, like, my favorite running back, loved him to death. Like, he was, I watched uh, watched every highlight that he ever had, almost every game he ever had. So, like, when he, I remember he got, like, violated because he spanked, because he whipped his son. Mm. Like, with a belt or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he got completely violated for that. 
And, like, they made it seem like he was, like, some kind of monster. He was abusive and all this stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, it's kind of the same principle, right? It's like we're taking something and blowing it all the way out of proportion just because of the status of this person. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think that's how it is most of the time because I'm sure if we looked into the story, who knows, maybe him and his lady were arguing. Maybe she she threw something at him. Maybe he mm. said, get out of my way and pushed her. And she hit the ground and then he walked out. Like, you, you never know what really what really happened between two people yeah so and with the just give them the benefit of doubt man we're we're all human beings like we're none of us are perfect decision makers obviously like you know a person like him like all the attention that he is and being an actor i'm sure there's a probably a a great a lot more deal of stress than like an average person has like just off rip you know so yeah. and you, you know i'm so. i'm here for like i'm not here for protecting assaulters i'm not here for protecting nah, men no, for that sure. like knowingly put their hands on women and have abusive relationships to control people um definitely not not nothing cool and there is no not but yeah there is no but to this statement like there's it's one of those like i don't know them and it's not my business you know what I mean? Like I understand why, mm-hmm. I understand why it's a news thing, but I don't know that man, and I don't know her, and I don't know their relationship. Now I could speak on relationships I do know about. You know what I mean? I could speak on people that I have come into contact with that are like definitely need to be canceled and definitely need to be like put on blast. But like, um, I, I would say, do you like or don't you like? how we put people on a pedestal or like uh put actors and their actions on a pedestal um you know what i would say i would say yes and no Mm. i'm gonna go with the no first though so the reason why i say no is because when it comes to nowadays right because we got to talk about like right now um like celebrities are really um celebrities are kind of like just extractors you know what i mean like they're just um kind of like the only way i can really describe them or feel about them is like kind of most celebrities are kind of just gross you know what i mean like they're they're just they should they wake up every day and they're just waking up to extract money from people like they got mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of actors who have like youtube channels and stuff like that there's a bunch of celebrities like um like podcasts and people who got uh, you know, movies out there and all kind of stuff going on and, like, eyes on them, people watching them. And, you know, there's genuine people, right, in that mm-hmm. circle, which is which is the other side of it, but on the no side, like, specifically because of that, because I, I feel like that's really all America has become. Like, the, our only value to the world at this point is entertainment. So, mm-hmm. like, it's it's like all of, our, all of our most prominent people are just extracting like money views and attention from everybody else right so that's why i don't think that that's a healthy model but on the other side of it i say yes because we all know somebody who whose conversation motivated you whose actions motivated Mm -hmm. you who who moved you into a positive direction like Mm -hmm. maybe sparked something in your life that was an opportunity that you probably would not have had before yeah. or have even thought of before until that person, you know, yeah. planted that seed in your mind. Like, so I think that they're like public figures in general, I think are important, but celebrities, I don't think are important. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the main difference between the two, but like, obviously you can, they're all 
celebrities to a degree, right? But right. like, I want to specify that like, just the 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 guy, the per- the person who's like a public figure, a person who you're like, yeah, like, you know, it, you know, outside of any you know gripes or mistakes that that person has made, like they're generally they make good decisions. Generally, you know, they you know have have demonstrated like. A, a good understanding for you know whatever they're speaking about mm-hmm. like it's not like they're just speaking out there you know yeah there's yeah there's leaders there's um i often um liken it to the in nigeria there's two in their um storytelling tradition or caste or um like the people who tell stories the oral traditions those who kept the oral traditions there was two sets there was the domi um and the Jolly. So the Doma or is Doma or is Domi or Doma and the Doma were historical. So they had to recite the stories verbatim. And, you know, they got they were famous historians in, in the culture. And then you got the Jollies who did things for entertainment and the Jollies could make up stuff or they could um, change things for entertainment's sake. But the Doma could never do that. And I think that we need to make a distinction distinctions between who's jollies and who's doma you know what i mean like um uh what what's what's the senator's name the young senator alec um or acs aco oh yeah i think it's aco i think or aoc or oh, oh oh no no yeah uh what is it alexandria yes. cortez there you go there you go there you go definitely AOC. definitely a doma you know what i mean definitely uh a, a domi like speaking that the facts like really kind of giving people that real knowledge and then you got the jollies um who are still giving the knowledge but they're giving it from uh uh, dave Chappelle. you know what i mean i guess maybe he's been problematic too but that's funny i've heard kind of the same story too but just kind of like in a different context it's funny that you explain it the same way like i've heard it kind of explained in a way of like you know, there's like in, in percentages, you know, like there's there's like a large group of, of people who are just followers in this world. Right. And then mm-hmm. there's a, a very small group of people who are, you know, kind of like your your conquerors. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you have like a even smaller, the rest of the people, even smaller percentage of people who are observers, people who who see everything, know everything, who can speak and articulate everything mm-hmm. like. Yep. And it's like you it's basically the same exact thing. Like there's there's you know, those three subgroups of people. Yep. Straight up, man. Straight up. I appreciate yeah, it. I, I get I get what you I get what you mean with the cause I was thinking about what you like this is why I think too that like why I think you feel the way you feel about about reparations too, is cause like when you look at other groups, like they get their they get their their um They get their money. Their, their, yeah, or they they just, money. it's just like I, so. I understand what you mean. It's like every 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 um, every um, disenfranchised or every um, uh, forgot about or left behind group seems to seems to always have some sort of like some sort of like um, hand up. You know what I mean? And then like for you know black people, it's like oh no, we got food stamps and stuff. Like yeah, but that's for everybody. That's for anybody struggling. Uh, white people white people are on food stamps more than black people so it is what it is but we'll we'll um we're gonna chop it up go ahead and get to work i gotta get to work in a second too Uh, but thank you for that segment um i do plan on doing this once a week so i will hit you up bro you you are going to be a regular segment of my um 
the podcast. All right, yeah, hit me up. I'm here. All right, bro. Let's get it. Love you, cuz. All right, cuz, I love you. Love you too, man. Peace. Um, so that was, uh, that was the, Hey Mikey, I think he likes it, uh, segment. I'm probably going to call it something else, but I'm glad y'all enjoyed it. Um, I need to go grab something real quick and then I'm going to, uh, continue with the podcast. Um, so give me one second. I do not own the rights to this music. I used to think I would never fall in love again. I guess I was wrong. And your heart is broken. When your wounded pride is laid to rest You'll never open your heart. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Particle Sons podcast. Um, I want to read this real quick. This is the this is from the foreword of uh, Freedom Dreams, written by Robert Robin D. G. Kelly. And the foreword is by Aja Monet, and um, in the foreword she said, "What are we fighting for right now?" As we demand presence and awareness, we are the freeing. Who are we without war, poverty, violence, police, and prisons? Who will we be if money wasn't our concern? If love was our currency? How would we distribute it? How do we value the unseen? I think that's a wonderful set of questions to ponder on. Um... We're so often uh, inundated with the reality of, you know, living, man, of of uh, greed, of all the negativity things, right, negative things. And, you know, negative things have their place. You know, there's a balance, definitely. Um, but when the imbalance is negativity, it just seems like unbearable right it seems like unstoppable and it's really really hard to imagine a world without it um i recently mm, 
I recently just did this interview for the Kentucky Performing Arts Center um, of two wonderful, wonderful musicians. These uh, these guys are really dope in what they do and especially their cultural preservation of the music that they play. Um, I was uh, asked to interview um, award-winning blues musician Corey um, Harris. All right. Um, here's just one. Let's let's hear some Corey Harris real quick, so you can I can give you a a taste. Um, he got this one song, "Black Woman," but I can't find it. Let's listen to this. It's called Voodoo Man. Actually, I want you to hear him because I don't know that Henry Butler. I don't know. This is this is him, though. Corey Harris is a guitarist and a blues musician. So that's Corey Harris, right? You can just hear the raw spirit coming from that man. And I'll tell you, the live performance to see um, his aura while he's playing, um, it was definitely, definitely a, uh, um, I mean, it was a wonderful experience. It really was. Um, And then also I got to interview a brother that plays with him. Um, Cedric Watson. All right, Cedric Watson um, is from uh, Texas, but the Louisiana side, right, of Texas. Um, his cultural preservation is the Bayou, the, um, uh, um, I'm sorry, damn it, Zakido. That's one of the um, musics that he plays, but the Creole language and the Cajun, Cajun music. Uh, my man was really on that, like his, his accent was real. Um, but Cedric Watson, uh, let's look at some of his stuff. He he was a violinist, um, but he also plays the accordion and um, you know several instruments. Um, let's hear this.
Sorry if that was loud, y'all. My fault. Um, so that's Cedric Watson, four-time nominated Grammy um, artist and uh, or four-time Grammy nominated artist. Whoa. Um, and, you know, I had the pleasure of interviewing these brothers. Right. So before um, shout out to Rihanna, the homegirl Rihanna, Nicole Thornton, she ended up um, uh, hiring me. She works for the Kentucky Performing Arts, and she hired me to uh, conduct the interviews. And I was like, okay, are you guys going to come up with the questions? Or you want me to come up with the questions? And it was like, no, we'll come up with the questions. And I was like, okay, knowing that, like, I, I would want to ask my own questions, right? Because, like, I, I do my research when, when it comes to stuff like this. So they asked me to interview them. I started looking up their interviews. I started looking up their music. I started looking up their live performances um, and got all types of cool tidbits, man. And the event was really, really good. Um, I ended up asking maybe one of the questions that was submitted by KPA and all the rest of the questions I wrote myself because I, I had – I had things that I wanted to know one of them specifically was like well actually hold on I didn't ask this question right I wrote this question down but I did not ask this question um in the public like in the crowd and let me paint let me paint the picture all right so we have the interview at um it's an interview and it's a performance but we have the interview and performance at um the monarch the monarch is a members only um BYOB uh cooperative space all right in Louisville on Bargetown Road and um it's really really dope it's low key a speakeasy type thing where creatives can come and kind of have um space to do things and um you know rehearsal space all types of stuff it's, it's a really dope spot um but we're in their listening room. It's like a bar, probably 20, 30 seats. Um, so it's nice and intimate. You know what I mean? Um, out of uh, 50 people, there are six black people. Two are Cedric and Corey. Um, myself, a black couple that came in. And another black guy that works for KPA. Their music was so black in that the content, what was being said, the tones, melodies, things that were being played, it all reeked of black American experience, black American um, innovation and soul and history like it is for and by black people right but the crowd of the appreciative audience right the audience that was there to appreciate this art was all white y'all all white all white um nobody could have been under 30 i don't think i don't think anybody in there was under 30 
I don't think anybody, the majority of folk in there, I don't think we're under 45. Like everybody was over 45. Um, And I always, it it just made me wonder about like what it's like to uh, find success in this cultural um, expression, but have its only appreciative patrons like the people that will pay for it be um you know white folk the the people that created the conditions in which the music had to come out of right like (sighs) um so but we get the questions going man it was a good thing you know i'm glad that i was there we started doing the questions and um i'm asking all types of introspective things like you know, I asked them about daughters and, or not daughters, but like they were fathers. So I was asking them, um, and Corey had his daughter with him. That's why I said daughters, but I was asking them, you know, how is fatherhood? How do they balance fatherhood and, uh, um, a touring schedule, right? Like, how do you, how are you a successful musician or artist and also a father and family person? So that was introspective. Um, asked them about, um, the connections between uh, African music and uh, African American music, especially the blues and the Creole occasion uh, that they were used to, um, respectively. Again, Cedric Watson is the Creole player, violinist, accordionist, and um, Corey Harris, he's originally from Denver, Colorado, and he's definitely more... Um, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, guitar. I mean, he can play other instruments as well. Um, and I'll tell you something else interesting about Corey Harris. Corey, Corey had the biggest uh, impact on me. Um, Cedric, I, I functions with the brother too. He's definitely my other spirit animal. It's like they both kind of, both of their personalities spoke to my uh, person like who I am my personality like both of them were me type things it was great to see my reflection in them um Corey is a Rasta is a Rasta man truly follows practices Rastafari uh religion I thought that was amazing and then you got um Cedric who is New Orleans uh I ain't gonna say he's a partier. He, I think he was going through Lent. He's like, but you know, I'm gonna drink my beer. I'm gonna, or my beer. I'm sorry, I don't know why I gave it that. I'm gonna drink my beer. Shop. I say they was doing all types of French. Both of them spoke French. Corey spent a lot of time in Africa. Oh my God, it was just a great experience, y'all. And it really put me on this path of if I want to find success in my expression and in my artistic expression. Um. There's a discipline that I will have to engage in. And that discipline is either going to be through religion or some type of faith-based, spiritual-based inspiration that just forces me to discipline myself. Or it's going to be indulging in my art craft to the point of my own detriment (laughs) or not to the point of my own detriment but you know what I mean like if this is what you've been doing all your life then you gotta keep doing it and doing it every day 
like Cedric was playing his violin while we were doing the interview, like had it in his hand. You can tell that that man touches that violin more than like 22 hours a day, um, you know, probably sleeps with it type thing. So I think that that's the paths that I find myself, uh, the crossroad that I find myself on. My birthday was the other day, right? My birthday was Monday, um, March the 20th. Um, and I'm 35 now. And I think I talked to myself at this juncture when I like had my experience, um, with my, I'll tell you about the experience later. If y'all want to hear it, y'all can tweet me or something. But like, um, it was an experience where I kind of saw myself, um, I saw myself throughout the like years like I saw my future everything everything um and at this juncture I remember myself and what decisions I would have to make so you know I'm working on it man um I think that the experience of interviewing Corey and Cedric really um solidified some things that I already knew um in that and what I already know is that I am destined for greatness. Oh my goodness. I told my mom when I was young that I would be famous, right? Like, and I didn't say that on some, like, I want to be famous. I said that on some, I know what my purpose is. I don't know why I know what my purpose is, but I know my purpose is, you know, to spread love. And in that spreading love, it's going to get my name ringing, you know. And I know that it's coming. I know that. I'm doing a lot of stuff, y'all, that, um, you know, I don't really speak about. This is another reason why I'm glad to do the podcast solo because, like, uh, there's tons of stuff coming out. So uh, tomorrow, it's Wednesday right now, tomorrow on the 30th, BET will release the movie Dance For Me. Dance For Me. Um, Dance For Me is a, I don't even know what it's about like it. I just know that it was shot in Louisville and it's a lot of people um, from the city that is in the movie and your boy has a featured poem in the movie, right? So like, and when I say featured poem, I'm talking like I got an IDMB credit. Like it's a sad credit. Like, you know, close up, face close up, body close up, shoulder over the shoulder shot like dressing room like it was a real deal it's a real deal role it's not no like you know I'm, I'm not just the extra and i'm not hating on the extra stuff i'm just telling y'all it's like a decent i got it through my agency so um there was a homie there he was in a wheelchair i think he um i man i gotta remember this brother's story he's known in the city um but he was in a wheelchair and he was just looking at me like bro this is your this is your moment said this is your moment this is your time this is this is going to launch you into forever and he was saying it intently i'm talking this brother was looking me in my eye saying these affirmations and i couldn't i couldn't like accept them fully in the moment because i was trying to memorize a poem and you know i ended up doing my own poem which is beautiful but like it was it was uh i was i couldn't i couldn't appreciate it fully in that moment but I feel him. I feel him and I feel it. And I believe this is just the beginning. And I do completely intend to be accepting an Oscar 
um, giving an Oscar speech. I completely intend to be, you know, getting a Grammy, an Emmy, and a Tony. I want to get an EGOT. Y'all heard it here first. All right. I'm trying to get an EGOT. Um, because, like, yeah, 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 yeah. My, my, like, my inspirations, like, my artist inspirations. I'm not going to get on too much of a tangent, y'all. I'm going to get back to the topic. Um, my One of my inspirations is Paul Robeson. And if y'all look up Paul Robeson, um, he was very multi-talented, um, war hero, opera singer, actor, musician. Like he 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 was he was um, all around talented, and we remember him though because of his activism. Like that's why he kind of was notable. He was one of those black artists who found himself in these spaces and used his presence to bring awareness to certain things and I, I can fully intend um, to do that with whatever celebrity I occur now I say all that to say I know these things are coming but I also know that those things cannot be seen if I fucking have a heart attack you know what I mean if I if I I don't know stop breathing because all I can do is inhale this tobacco from this black and mild kidneys shut down because I've taken too much headache medicine you know what I mean it's a lot of stuff in this life that we can prevent I'm trying to change my diet and I think oh recently here it's Ramadan right now and I'm supposed to be fasting mm. I did fast when uh, at the start of Ramadan I did three days straight it was it was fine uh, that fourth day I started like I have athletics that I do, so I was doing my athletics, and that ended up really kind of hurting my um, overall uh, resolve because I was starving. Hold on, gotta plug my computer up. Hold on, and we're almost done, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Particle Sons podcast. Again, y'all, each week, I'm not playing. This is gonna be my dear diary. I need to put these thoughts somewhere. I'll be having all types of feelings and all types of little things that I'll be coming across on these websites and these social medias that I just be wanting to speak on. But I don't want to speak on them on the platforms I found it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, stuff's coming up. Um, you got, so for local stuff, I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping up. For local stuff, um, you got... Wine Words and Wings Wednesday. You got the Spot Open Mic on Fridays. You got Girl Code that you should check out. They got stuff coming up. The Living Room. Um, follow The Living Room. That's a lot of open mic shows that are about to happen. Um, April 4th. Uh, what? April 20th through the 22nd. Uh, the annual hip-hop festival called Lou Evolve. Uh, here in Louisville, Louis Evolve, celebrating all the hip hop um, culture in Louisville. That'll be uh, this April. It's going to be amazing. It's narrated by uh, myself. Um, I will be there each day, um, just really showing love and kind of bigging up um, the scene, the artists on the scene, and the culture of support that um, I've seen 
creep up in these past few years. And I pray we keep it going. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it'll last, but, you know, fingers crossed. Um, you got Venus versus Mars, the men versus women poetry slam coming up. That'll be very fun. I'll give you details about that next week. I don't know what day I'll be dropping the podcast yet. Um, I'm, I don't know. Uh, I'll see. I like a nice little middle of the day podcast though. Nothing like getting to Wednesday and having a nice podcast to help you get to get through the rest of the week. Um yeah, I think that's I think that's what I'm gonna end with. Um again, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Particle Sons podcast, um, episode fifty six, um season two. We'll hear from Brandon eventually. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right. Until then, uh bye bye.